Hello and welcome law firm owners to another episode of the Wildly Successful Law Firm Podcast. I'm Nermeen Jasani, your host and law firm strategist. So before we get into it today, I just wanted to give you another quick reminder that the prices for the Wildly Successful Law Firm program are going up. And if you did happen to make your way to the page, then you probably noticed that now I'm requiring an interview before you can join the program. And here's why. So if any of you are fans of that show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, there's a scene from the first season, I think it's episode two or three, where she's in the attorney's office and she's ready to go. She's ready to hire this attorney. And she's like, okay, let's go. What's the next step? And Susie looks at her and says, well, we first have to decide if he's going to take you on as a client, not just that you are ready to hire him, right? And that just made me think about my process and how I was bringing lawyers and law firm owners into the wildly successful law firm program. And as I really started to think about it, I was like, you know what? I need to make sure that this is a good fit for me as well, because I'm there, I'm committed for 90 days to help you grow your law firm. And if I can usually tell in a 15 minute phone call, if it's going to be a good fit or not, right? Are you going to do the things they need you to do? Are you going to show up to calls? Are you going to be respectful? Are you going to increase your prices? Are you going to pick your niche? Like, are you going to do those things or is this going to be an uphill battle for me? And sometimes, you probably know this, right? There are people who say that they want to grow, but they don't want to do the things that are required to grow their law firm. Same with people who want to lose those 15, 20 pounds, but never actually do. Same with the people who are always saying, I'm going to go travel the world, but never actually do, right? There's a difference between saying it and then acting on it. So. I am out here looking for the people who actually want to change their law firms and not just say it, but actually do it, right? So that's why there's an interview process. So if you were curious about that, because I have gotten some inquiries about it, I wanted to go ahead and just answer that before we go into part three of this seven part series. So as a quick reminder, please go ahead and subscribe to this podcast series so that you get notified wherever you listen to your podcast that I have a new episode that's been published, which I generally make available on Mondays or Tuesdays. You'd have to ask my team. I don't know when it happens, but it happens one of those days of the week. And that way you'll get notified so that you don't miss any of the episodes. Okay. So in the last two episodes of this seven part series, we talked about not DIYing it. And we also talked about making sure that you have a niche making sure that you are not the lawyer for everyone as much as you want to be as big of a heart as you have right you have to make sure that you are only working with a certain kind of client that you only are practicing a certain kind of law right you can't do everything because you can't specialize and charge more that way right and it's just good business sense right you only have to focus on one thing instead of everything Okay, so now let's get into episode number three, okay? And this is about numbers, okay? I love numbers. I'm obsessed with numbers. I'm a huge numbers dork slash nerd. This is what I obsess about with my clients. 
And I look for patterns in numbers because believe it or not, there's always a pattern. And believe it or not, there's so much data in your law firm and how you are running it that all of those numbers combined, when I take them all together and I look at them, they give me an answer. They tell me exactly what's going on and numbers don't lie. Because what I've learned is that my clients, as wonderful as they are, are not always, not necessarily honest, but they're just not as aware of their numbers as they want to be. So oftentimes I will ask things like, okay, well, how long does it take you to close a typical, you know, divorce case? Well, usually about six months. And then I start looking at the numbers. And actually, it's like 13 months, right? Another example, what's your average case amount? Well, on average, I charge $2,500 for you know a single person's will without a trust. And then I start looking at the numbers and the actual invoices, the amount collected, the deposits in the bank, that number is actually $1,700 on average. Now it might not seem like that big of a deal, but a $700 difference times 100, you know, contracts or 100 wills that you do in a year, yeah, that adds up, right? So numbers are amazing. They tell a story, and this is not about you sitting down and doing your books and figuring out how much you owe in taxes. That's so not what I mean. That's one part of the numbers equation, but that's not even what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about the data in your law firm and the fact that seven-figure law firm owners know their numbers, okay? This is, and if you happen to be married or you happen to have kids or you've ever been in a relationship or you have a best friend, you have to know the numbers in those relationships, right? Here's what I mean. You have to know when your anniversary date is. You have to know when your best friend's birthday is. You have to know when your kids were born, right? Like these are all the things that you have to know. You have to know those numbers, right? And maybe not just in your anniversary date, but when you got married, the, the date that your children were born, the date that you found out that, you know, you were gonna have kids, right? Like all these numbers that you have to know and go back and think about a time where maybe you got busy and you forgot that number. It happens, right? If it's not on a calendar, you're not gonna remember the date, right? And maybe you forgot it one year, and then you learned your lesson thereafter, and you were like, wow, I can never forget this day ever again, because this is the worst, you know, anniversary, the biggest fight, you know, I made this person feel terrible, I hurt this person's feelings, right? All of that stuff comes up, right? Okay. The same is true for knowing the numbers in your law practice, right? You have got to know the basic trends and patterns, not just how much money is getting deposited into your escrow account and then going into your operating account and then how much you're making and how much you're paying your team. That's just like one little piece of it. I'm talking about like how many clients you bring on a month, right? how many clients you close a month, 
how much you charge them on average, how long it takes for them to say yes, 24 hours, 48 hours, seven days, three months, right? All of these things are incredibly important and they all tell a story when you look at it together. So I'm gonna give you some examples, okay? Example number one, I had a client who got two new phone calls, like two new clients every month, all from SEO, right? And he also had a combination of unpaid client invoices amounting to $20,000 and invoices that he was constantly revising the hours on, like about three hours on average for every invoice that he would knock off time, okay? Now, for you, that might not seem like a big deal. You're like, yeah, that's normal, Nermeen, that's not a big deal. For a strategist, for someone who loves numbers like me, you know what it tells me? It tells me that you don't have enough marketing. It tells me that you are relying on SEO, over relying on SEO, okay? And that you have no clear strategy and that you're working with the wrong clients. So either SEO is bringing in the wrong clients, you're not telling your SEO team what kind of clients you want to bring in, and maybe even that when those calls are coming in, you're bringing on clients that you shouldn't even be working with, right? Because if you're getting the clients and then behind the scenes, you have unpaid invoices and behind the scenes, you are having to correct your invoices after the fact, what's the point of that? That's not a business, right? Do you walk into Starbucks and say, hey, this coffee didn't wake me up, I want my money back, or I didn't finish the full thing, only, you know, I, I only drink half of it, so I'm only, I'd like half my money back. No, that's absolutely insane. If you think about it in any other business, law firm owners are the only ones who are constantly readjusting their invoices, right? And I have not met one law firm owner who has never adjusted an invoice, literally never met that person. If you are that person, please come say hello to me. But I, but I ha haven't met that person, right? And it's absolutely insane to me when I think about how law firm owners are doing business and that these things don't seem like that big of a deal. $20,000 in unpaid invoices? Do you know what that means? That means that you, my friend, have a cash flow problem. That means that you may not be able to pay your team. You may not even be able to pay yourself. Whatever you might have wanted to do to, you know, grow, get into a bigger office, hire someone new, you can't because you don't have those invoices paid. And all of that, all of those numbers together, tell me that it's a very deep foundational problem. It's not something that you can just fix on the surface, right? So this is why your numbers are so important. Every single number tells a story. And when you look at it all together, it essentially gives me the health of your law practice, right? It's exactly like going into a doctor's office, right? They do your blood pressure, those are numbers. They check your weight, those are numbers. They check your height, those are numbers. Then they're gonna look at your cholesterol count. Okay, this much LDL, this much HDL, right? 
all numbers. We use numbers in every other part of our life to tell a story. The same is true for your law practice. It is telling us a story. It's just, are we paying attention to it? Are we listening to it? And I will tell you this, seven-figure law firm owners are listening. They are looking for those numbers. Those numbers to them are breadcrumbs and they are piecing it all together. And here's the thing. When you look at the numbers from the past, you look at the trends of what's really going on in your law firm. That's where you have to start. You can't just, you know, create some new numbers from scratch and say, aha, these are going to be the numbers. That's not how it works. You have to look at what's actually going on. You've got to collect the data. Then you've got to figure out what the data means, right? And then once you figure out what the data means, you then have to create KPIs, key performance indicators, right? And I don't mean the KPIs of like, you must build 2000 hours every year. No, that is the most BS KPI out there. I absolutely hate that KPI. Do not adopt it. That is big law stuff. That is not what you are going to do in your law practice. Okay. All right. So you have to be able to look at all these numbers so that you can figure out what your KPIs are. And your KPIs can be as simple as how many client calls, potential client calls do I get a month? How many times do I send out emails to my referral partners? How often am I meeting with my old law school colleagues, my old law firm buddies, so that they can pass me business? If you're not doing those things once a month, once a quarter, right? That's really telling. If you have a zero pipeline and you are doing zero business development, guess what? Those two things are completely correlated, right? And if you're having feast and famine months and feast and famine months, and you're only doing work in those famine months, like you're networking, you're doing all the business development, you're, you're trying to grow your law practice, you're doing speaking events, you're showing up on social media, and you're only doing that on your slow months, you are lacking consistency, right? And all of that is data that I can look at and collect, right? I can go on your Instagram page and say, all right, you post seven times in a month. There are 30 days in an average month. What's going on, right? I can look at all of that data. I can look at everything and make it into a number. And those numbers tell us a story, right? Okay, I'm gonna give you another example, okay? Let's say this, if, if there is an attorney, a law firm owner, that gets 10 potential client calls a month and only one hires you, only one, what does that mean, right? What does that say? That tells me a, a lot. Maybe it doesn't say much to you. Maybe you're just thinking, well, Nermeen, this is just how business goes. No, no. A one out of 10 ratio is not a good ratio to have. I don't care what area of law you practice. That one out of 10 ratio is telling me, where are you advertising that you're getting 10 client calls a month and only one person is hiring you? Where That sounds like an AVO type thing, right? Where you're listed, you only get calls like maybe two weeks out of the month, and then of the two weeks, you know, maybe you missed three of the calls because you didn't answer immediately, 
and then you know two of the people were really just price shopping and then two you called back and never heard from again and then the one that hired you was the one that you happened to catch on the phone that day you answered immediately as soon as they called in and now they're working with you but also you might have to adjust your invoice but also when you're on the call with them you said all right, you know what? I will charge you, you know, three thousand dollars for your for your will with a trust. When normally you charge five thousand dollars for a will with a trust, right? Numbers tell us everything, right? Pause and think. How much time do you spend with the numbers in your practice? I don't just mean looking at your bank statement. I don't just mean looking at your profit and loss. I mean honestly looking at all of the numbers in your practice. Do you have a checklist? Do you have a cheat sheet that says, okay, for social media, we post 10 times in a month, every th once every three days. Then for, you know, client gifts, client referrals, you know, I reach out to my past clients three times in a month. And there are three clients that I reach out to and you know, I, I take them to lunch as a thank you. And as a reminder that you know, I'm here to, to provide support continually. And you meet with your law firm buddies from Big Law once a month, right? That's business development and marketing. Then you look at how much money came in. Okay, so I had 10,000 come in, 7,000 go out. That was an okay month, not a great month, an okay month. And I had, you know, five new client calls and two worked with me and I closed three new cases this month and, you know, three clients were off boarded, right? All of these numbers tell a story and you need to make sure that you have a list that says every month, this is where I track my numbers. Here are the numbers that are actually important that are indicators of growth. These other numbers don't matter as much. They're, they don't affect my growth as much, but these things I've identified, key performance indicators, are the things that actually push my growth and drive my law firm revenue, right? Okay, last example. I see this a lot. And I've seen this becoming a trend, especially among the less than 40 age crew for law firm owners. All right, so they are, I'm seeing a lot of activity on Facebook. They're hiring Facebook ads experts to create a funnel to drive traffic to their website, get them to opt into something for free, and then they send them a bunch of emails. I've seen this done with personal injury. I've seen this done with estate planning, right? I've seen this done with class actions. Like I've seen this all across the board where they're bringing you in, they're bringing in potential leads, potential clients through this strategy. And what I have seen in real life is as follows. This attorney was spending $10,000 a month on Facebook ads, which by the way, is not a small bit of money. That's a, that's a pretty significant investment, okay? $10,000 a month for Facebook ads, they click on the ad, they then go to a landing page where they, they then get a free thing. 
Now the per point of the free thing is so that that law firm owner can get that email address. That email address then brings them into an email sequence. That email sequence then sells them on something, right? Hurt in a trucking accident, reach out to us, find out how much money that you can get. Okay, so then let me click over here. Oh look, here are the things that the insurance companies aren't telling me. Wow, this is an attorney I need to hire. Hi, my name is Nermeen and I was hurt in a car accident in it with a truck a couple weeks ago. I saw your ad on Facebook and I think I need an attorney, right? That's generally how it goes. Maybe not specific to, you know, just trucking accidents, but other kinds of legal situations as well. So I've been seeing a lot of that. Now, if you're spending $10,000 on ads a month, which is not a small amount, and then you are hoping to convert those clients using email sequencing on the backside, but your email open rate is only 10%. And not only that, but only 1% of those clients are hiring you. That to me is a problem, right? Because you're essentially hoping that you break even. You're hoping sort of like with SEO, or Avo, you'll get one client who calls you and that one client will have a case that's big enough to justify the 40, 50, $60,000 in marketing expenses, right? To me, that's not really a strategy. That's really just a hope and a wish and a prayer. You're hoping and wishing and praying that one person comes through when instead you could use that $10,000 to, I don't know, maybe do some local marketing. Maybe you hand out some flyers, you sponsor a sports team, you, you know, show up to the soccer games, you have your, you know, banner up at the stadium, you become part of the local community. Everyone knows you're the trucking guy, you're the divorce attorney, you're the, you know, estate planning attorney. You come in, you get a t-shirt that says, you know, estate planning attorney, you know, call so-and-so, right? You could do that. Or you could be spending $50,000 on ads, not sure if it's gonna pay off, right? So I say all of that to say numbers tell a story and they always tell me if there's a strategy or not. And is the strategy that's chosen actually effective, right? You could end up running those ads for three months as a test to see what happens. Okay, I'm gonna test this and I'm gonna see what happens. And then if nothing happens, you then have to pull that plug and then spend that money elsewhere, right? And spend your time elsewhere because it doesn't make sense for you to spend money on something and not get a return and just say, okay, but maybe I, I need to do it for three more months, maybe three more months, right? Like. That's how you get yourself into those like troublesome situations where then I wonder, wait, why bother? Why are you even spending all of your money doing this? It makes absolutely no sense to do this, right? Okay, so that's gonna wrap it up for this episode, okay? I want you to know your numbers, like you know your anniversary date, like you know your own birth date, right? Like any other number that is in your personal life, you need to know those numbers, 
for your law practice. You need to track those numbers because my clients track those numbers. That's how they know if they are hitting their metrics or not. And when they're not, they need to act differently. They need to adjust their strategy. It's not just keep going in the dark. It's adjust, 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 right? Okay, so that's everything for this episode. Thank you so much for listening in. I will catch you on the next one. Bye, Law From Owners. Thank you.